Thank you so much for listening to our podcast here at the Greenwood Church of God. We are so excited that you have found us here. Our prayer is that this podcast would enrich your life and give you strength for this week ahead. Thank you so much for being here. Now enjoy the podcast. Most of you know the story. Joe Namath begins to play football from that early university in Alabama. He goes to In 1969, there like on the poolside of the hotel, and uh, this little upstart uh, league was trying to take on this juggernaut of the Baltimore Colts, and they said Joe Namath gave a guarantee. He said, "We are going." Anybody remember this story in headlines? In fact, it has become part of mythology of football. It's, it's in the mythos. It's in the Hall of Fame. It is, it is one of those things that he guaranteed this But when we look at that and say, well, what does this have to do with your message today? And you talk down on arrogance. It's because this doesn't happen all of the time. In fact, I can take you to more stories than this where someone would fall flat on their face. Just ask the individual that decided to mock and make fun and poke at Mike Tyson in the prime of his career to step into the ring and 25 seconds later have a black eye and not even knowing what day of the week it is. You have to be very careful when you walk into an area and you begin to share what I would call today arrogance. For Nebuchadnezzar, he was a prominent king. He was a prominent ruler in this nation of Babylon. They say that it was in those days one of the wonders of the world, the ancient world, hanging gardens, walls so wide that chariots could race on top of it. And it's so sad that none of it is left today. When you look at this story of Nebuchadnezzar, he had so much it picks up in chapter 1, 2, and 3 of his, his rulership and how he came to this power and invaded Jerusalem. And he has dreams that point to the end of time. And we're not going to look at all of those in this series of experiences. We're just talking about experiences that they had, not the actual um, dreams. You can come to our Revelation study when it comes back um, on Wednesday night and we've talked about some of those. But the experiences that we're looking at and for Nebuchadnezzar, some say chapter 4 is actually written by him. Some say this is a testimony that he pins down to testify about how good God has been in his life. But the very first thing that we see is in this passage, Nebuchadnezzar is arrogant. Nebuchadnezzar has this thing that we call an exaggerated sense of one's self-abilities, his, his self-worth and the abilities that he has. He have confidence or to have um, belief in who you are. Because I know a lot of people that are confident in who they are. 
I know a lot of people that have a lot of belief in their abilities. One that says, I know I can go out there and achieve that. Some say, I can go out there and achieve this. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's when it becomes a dependence upon you more so than the God that has created you. As we dive into this thought of arrogance, stay with me just for a moment because there are two um, um, historical leaders that came to mind. One is a play that you have read in school called Julius Caesar. You can see that it was his arrogance and his belief that he was this powerful leader that ended up with him being killed by those that were with him. Another one, and I hate to even mention his name because when I do, I feel like I'm saying a curse word in today's society, and that is Adolf Hitler. It was through his evilness and his just maliciousness and how he hated people and he wanted to have this perfect race he became so arrogant that it brought him down ultimately to his self destruction but it doesn't end there The Bible is full of people that are arrogant as well. You can open up the scriptures and find first of all a man by the name of King Saul who when it seemed like God wasn't showing up he said I will take care of this. I won't follow God's way but I'll do my thing and surely God is okay with that. Talk about complete. It said, I've got leprosy and I need to be healed of it. Well, he said, you go down in that muddy Jordan and dip seven times. And Naaman said, I'm not going down there. I'm too good. I'm too big of a leader to go down to that muddy river and begin to dip in that. Talk about arrogance to say you're too good or you're too important to do what the man of God has told you to do. We know ultimately he humbled himself and he said, I'm going to go to the river and when he dipped himself into the river the Bible said he came out and his skin was like that of a baby because he had to lower and humble himself and that's because it shows very very simply how arrogant this man was we want to preface it just a little bit because he had previously in the chapter had a dream he was a dreamer I wished I had spiritual dreams like Nebuchadnezzar but I don't have many spiritual dreams I dream crazy things anybody know anybody else experienced that I dream crazy things that will never come to fruition and so Nebuchadnezzar seems to be a dreamer. He dreams that the tree is going to be cut down left there and he cannot find out what it means. In that dream there were so many things that would come into the branches of those trees at that tree and begin to find rest. Well later on Belshazzar which is Daniel comes to Nebuchadnezzar and says I can tell you what the dream means but I'm scared to and he says well Belshazzar that's what Nebuchadnezzar called him. He He said, don't 
let it bother you. I won't hurt you if you tell me this, even if it, if it is bad. He said, well, I'm telling you, you're the tree, you're the kingdom, but God is about to cut you down. And God was about to cut him down because of his arrogance. Well, fast forward 12 months. Fast forward a whole year. And you see that God does that exact thing. But before we can really see what happens, I want us to go back to that passage of Scripture if we're able to. And I want us to begin to see exactly what Nebuchadnezzar says. Because when you see it in its, in its totality, you begin to see exactly how his arrogance was. The Bible said I had you to repeat it. That first one, the first word I got you to repeat, it said that what I, 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 all right? And then you go down and you see he said the kingdom by, you know, let's go back to, to the first verse if we can't, yeah, yeah, that one, that one, I'm sorry. By the might of what? My, my, sounds like a baby, their first word, mine, right? Mine, mine, my toy. My stuff. And then the very last time he said the honor of my majesty. Three times in this passage, Nebuchadnezzar looks at this and he says as he has already been warned by a God that loves him, warned by a God that cares for him. Nebuchadnezzar has been warned by the prophet and Nebuchadnezzar hears from the, from the Lord through, through Daniel and the Bible said that Nebuchadnezzar let 12 months pass by and the arrogance never left him and he steps out on the balcony, that's what I'm envisioning and he steps out and he begins to look at all of his stuff and three times he said mine three times he said it's mine three times he said I've done that and the church must be careful because if we're not we will find ourselves in a circumstance or in an attitude like Nebuchadnezzar see Babylon wants us to begin to focus on what we have accomplished Babylon wants us to begin to focus on what we have built and what we have set up and today when you look at our culture you make no mistake about it humanism is running rampant the idea is that we know better and God's ways they are antiquated they are antiquity they are something of old and in the past in fact God did not know what was going to happen in 2023 so because something happened to me and because things have, have kind of gone emotionally haywire I can actually go against his word and just do whatever I want to because my way is the best way in 2021, Gallup said this, the Gallup poll, that God, belief in God, has dipped down to 81%. You may look at that and say, well, that's not a lot. That's not too small. 81% is still good. But through the parables of Jesus, we are shown that even when it's 81%, that really means that only 40% are doing the right thing and ready for the Lord to return and ready for the King to call them home. It it tells me that we are in a, a, a awful condition as Americans, as humans, that we depend on our
politics and even religious leaders depend on if they say the wrong thing, they will lose the person and they will lose that individual in their church. So we cannot stand up. We, uh, we know better. But see, our success is not ours. See, our wealth is not ours. Somebody say amen. Our talent is not ours. Our accomplishment is not ours. But Babylon would want us to take the credit for everything that we've ever done. For everything that we've ever accomplished. Babylon would love for the children of God to step out on the spiritual balcony of their life and say, look at what I have done. But today I send a call to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that we don't say look at what we have done but we say look at what the Lord has done He healed my body He touched my mind He saved me and it was just in time somebody say amen hallelujah and so when you see this take place the Bible gives him a fair, a, a good warning. Good warning. The Bible said that in that moment that he said that, it was in his mouth. Anybody ever whip? Should we say whip? <laughs> we got to be politically correct, right? But we'll take that off since it's not going. But have you ever whipped your kid? Before they could ever get the sentence out of their mouth. Nobody's ever been mad enough for the kid like I have. You just knew what was coming. And then sometimes you mess up and they said, I wasn't even going to say that. And you're like, well, you needed it later. The Bible said that when Nebuchadnezzar began to, I'm just joking, y'all. I don't, I, I, Amber was the one that whipped our kids. I didn't whip our kids. She was the mean one. As he was speaking this, he said, look at all I got. He said, look at my stuff, my stuff, what I've done. He went in reverse, like you see in these movies and television shows where things begin to flash before his eyes and it's as if he just ends up in a place in the woods somewhere and it's God saying, I gave you a warning. Your arrogance has caused you to go astray. Your arrogance has called you to leave that place that I blessed you with and now you're going to see where all of your blessings they have come from. When you look at Nebuchadnezzar's straying, you see that he becomes wild and like an animal. He is driven out. He begins to, listen to this. This is in your Bible. I'm not making this up. He begins to eat grass. He, his body begins to get wet. He begins to have hair like an eagle's feathers and claws. And if we're not careful, I don't want to get too deep here, but if we're not careful, careful, human beings will begin to become animalistic in our ways and not so much 
in the form and in the image of God because we begin to say whatever we want to do we can do but that is not the case God has given us statutes and commandments and ways to live to where we say not my will but your will be done and if we don't watch out the arrogance of depending on ourselves will cause us to leave the blessings of God and be astrayed from him in a place we don't want to be Nebuchadnezzar was a wild man lost his mind but the Bible warns us of this Jesus said in Matthew 7 verse 24 through 27 he said you better build your house on the rock he said the man that hears my commands and the man that follows my ways he is like one that has built his house on the rock. But if you are not obedient, if you depend in your own way, if you build your, set, your, your home on shifting sand, when the winds blow and the rains come, it will all blow away. Listen, I don't want it unless the Lord does it in my life. Somebody tell me, say amen, I want his way. In fact, Proverbs 14 and 12 says it just like this. He says, there is a way that seems right to a man. But the end... If you do what you want to do, if you follow in the steps of your own arrogance and pride, oh no... We take lessons from Nebuchadnezzar because the end thereof is destruction. You cannot do your own thing and expect God's blessings in your life. I'm going to say that one more time because I believe that I need to tell this to not only you but to me also. You cannot do your own thing and expect God's blessings in your life. It's like in your home if you don't follow your parents you don't get what they wanted to give you. They will punish you. They will, they will, give, they will say well you didn't do your chores today so I can't reward you with this the people of this world expect the world to live however they want to live do whatever they want to do act however they want to act and when the end comes they want God's rewards well that's not how it works I still read of the story when it said when the time comes he will say well done thou good and faithful servant if you want the crown of life if you want God's blessings you've got to find yourself faithful while you're here on this earth inside somebody my I don't want to beg I'm not going to beg for it hallelujah and so you go from arrogance to being astrayed and when you have been astray or when you have gone astray, all of a sudden the next step is you must be awakened. The Bible said that Nebuchadnezzar for seven years, he was in that place. You see, hear that term again, my. Singers, if you would, get ready. You don't have to come right now, but I'm almost done. 
Anytime I go past 12, I know it's time to stop. Previously, he said, my, I, would cause something that. Appreciation to what God. See, God had already told him dreams in chapter. He'd already given him Four Hebrew boys that had shown him in his kingdom how good he was. God showed him in chapter 2 that there was a God in heaven that could read, could, could, could interpret dreams. And then in chapter 3, Nebuchadnezzar had the, had the, the honor of being able to look into the fiery furnace and seeing, seeing a fourth man in the fire. He saw a glimpse of Jesus Christ. Nebuchadnezzar had been blessed, but he still found himself arrogant. And so in that first part, he says, this is all my stuff. But now look at this. The Bible said that he says, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my, those, he, it's his purse, purse, it's my stuff, my eyes. But look at what he does now because this is the key. That if we ever want to see the things of God unfold in our life like we desire, we have to take those things that we think that are ours, those things that belong to us, those things that we think that are in our possession. And look what he does. He said, I looked up to the heavens and I and my sanity restored and then I praised the most high I honored and glorified him who lives forever see church if we ever want to see the fresh wind it is when we say not my will but your will be done not my talents your talents not my money but your money not my skill but your skill not my victory but your victory everything that I have every Everything that I've attained, anything that has been given praise towards me, I honor you with it. And I say unto you, you deserve the glory. You deserve the praise. Unto you it is yours. When arrogance and dependence upon yourself manifest, to allowing the Lord to awaken you to the reality that you need the fourth man in the fire. He doesn't just show up so you can get saved out of the fire. He shows up in the fire so he can be with you every step of the way and so you can live for him. Listen, if you want a healing in your body, if you want deliverance from the things that are tormenting you, it is not so you can get them, go out and do whatever else you want to do, but it's so you can walk out of this church and you can show up at the job on Monday and you can say the Lord has been good. And those individuals that saw how you used to act, they'll look at you and say, what is different? And you'll say, he touched me and it's all to his name I live for. He is my hope. Hey. We can't build the house without the Lord. We can't live righteous without His righteousness. We can't overcome fear without Him allowing us to overcome it. We can't have mountains moved without the mountain mover. We can't find heaven without the heavenly Father. We cannot have success without Christ coming down and granting the success. I don't want the Lord. I don't want us to grow a church. I want the Lord to grow a church. I don't want us to feel the 
tears. I want the Lord to fill the pews because if God's in it, all of a sudden people will be changed. Hey, settle down, Michael. Oh, God. We are nothing without him. Proverbs 16 and 18 says, Pride, and you know pride and arrogance goes hand in hand. Pride comes before the fall. <clears throat> to fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. Proverbs 8 and 13. Proverbs 11 and 12 says, When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. Proverbs 16 and 5 says this, The Lord detests the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. God despises arrogance. Because arrogance removes dependence upon Him. Arrogance removes dependence upon the God of heaven. And that's who we are to completely and totally depend on. I don't depend on the government. I don't depend on the denomination. I don't depend on my family. First and foremost, I must depend on Him. I believe it was old Dottie Rambo that said this when she wrote this song. She said, where do I go when everything is going haywire and things are spinning out of control? She said, I run to the the rock and I know the rock is able. I run to the mountains and the mountains they stand by me when the earth all around me is sinking sand. On Christ the solid rock I stand when I need a shelter my God I, I'm sorry when I need a friend I run to the rock somebody in here you've tried to depend on yourself for too long you've tried to depend on your ways for too long you tried to depend on your intelligence and your family for too long and the preacher has stopped by to tell you today you don't need anybody but Jesus and when you fall in love with Jesus all of a sudden your life will become will become fruitful and glorious and you'll be led in the right directions he'll I, I believe this he'll lead you to the right doctors he'll reach he'll lead you to the right nurses he'll lead you to the right medicine if you need it when you surrender to Jesus the Bible said that he is with us in the valley of the shadow of death and he's with us on the other side he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies and surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life oh my God stand with me Oh. oh, God. This altar call is just solely going to be for people that.
This is Pastor Michael Mooneyham. I want to say thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We are so thankful that you chose to join us in this way, but we would also love for you to come and join us in person at 1102 Sergeant John Pittman Parkway in Greenwood, Mississippi. Our service time is at 1040 a.m. and we would love to see you here. Thank you once again for listening. We hope to see you soon. God bless.